like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we welcome you. I don't know if I may have missed you, but if you're a first-time guest with us today, we're so glad you're here. Not sure if they were here last week. We weren't here. But we welcome Zoe Johnson to church today. Amen. Praise God. And it's good to have everyone uh, in the house of the Lord today, worshiping, giving God praise. I'm excited to hear about what God did here last weekend and what God is continuing to do. And we're excited about that. You can go ahead and be seated this morning. I don't have a I don't have a text. So if you're waiting for a text, you may not get one. Uh, well, last week, uh, first of all, can I say, I thought I was leaving the heat. I did not realize I was leaving hot to come to hotter. My Lord Jesus, who would have thought it would have been hotter the more and farther north you went? Oh, my Lord. I don't know why in the world. Pray for us, would you? Because I don't know what it is about my family. We always decide to go south in the summer. I don't understand that. I told my wife on the way back home, I think this is the last southern vacation I'm taking in the July and August months. I want to go north. This is crazy. Uh, it's just crazy. And But uh, we got home and, and last night. But last Sunday morning, Forgive me, I guess I left my voice somewhere on I-95. No idea. A week off and your voice, you lose your voice. But last uh, week, we were in uh, Titusville, Florida. If you don't know where Titusville is, no offense to those who live there, you're not missing much. Uh, but Titusville uh, is uh, the church. We had an opportunity to go to church last weekend while we were away. And actually, all of us, all 13 of the right crew, marched into service together last week, uh, which was quite an interesting uh, experience, especially nowadays because we're so scattered. Uh, we don't see each other that much. And uh, with um, my brother and, and his wife and family and Arnold and, and Bishop and Mother Wright, who knows where, doing who knows what, from week to week, uh, it was very rare for us all to be together uh, last weekend, and we were at the with the Pentecostals of Titusville. Actually, it was a tremendous church, great people, tremendous move of God. Um, it's actually really interesting. It's about ten minutes outside of the gate to NASA is their church. In fact, the pastor. His name is Joel Wells, even they call him Jody, but his name is Joel. The pastor there was actually uh, worked for NASA for 16 years and was the director for many years and head of media relations for NASA. In fact, if you ever watched a, a, a space shuttle launch and you hear the, the guy going T minus 30 seconds, booster ignition and all that stuff, for years, he, that was his voice. He did that. So it was really interesting and fascinating. But last week, we had four preachers there. It was obviously the bishop, Mother Wright, Pastor David Wright, 
and myself were there, and I got the short straw, and I preached last Sunday morning while we were down there. We had a tremendous move of God. And at the end of service, people were coming down and uh, getting the Holy Ghost, and uh, uh, I, I walked over. There was a young man praying um, right over to my right, and I walked over and was praying with him, and uh, he was right on the verge of receiving the Holy Ghost. And in the moment of doing that, I got a tap on my shoulder and I turned and it was the bishop standing there. And he says, there's pointed to this guy in the back. He said, go pray for him. He's a chronic seeker for the Holy Ghost. I'll take this guy. You go take him. I'm like, wait a minute. You're the bishop. You take the hard one. Let me take the easy one. That guy was... I mean, the guy, I've been working with this guy for five minutes. He was so close to receiving the Holy Ghost. He said, I'll, I'll finish up with this guy. You go pray for this guy. He's a chronic seeker. Thanks a lot for that. So I walk back to this guy. He's, he's probably in his early 70s, sitting back there, head down. And uh, make a long story short, give you a little bit. Of, I didn't know this at the time. Probably it was good I didn't know it at the time because i got to be honest with you. Uh, it probably, my faith would have been diminished if I'd have known going into it uh, what I knew after it. But this guy was the father of, of one of the assistant pastors. And for years, he had been the head deacon of the largest Baptist church in town. Over a thousand members, he was the head deacon. For years and years and years. His son had gotten the Holy Ghost while he was in college. And all the rest of his family was still at the Baptist church. And he was so convicted by the change in his son's life when he received the Holy Ghost. And he saw a contrast between what his son had and what everybody else in his family, including himself, had in the Baptist church. He became so convicted by that that he... He decided to leave the Baptist church and come and be a part of the Pentecostal church. And so he went through a Bible study and got baptized in Jesus' name, but could not receive the Holy Ghost, was stuck. Come to find out he was an engineer at NASA for like 35 years. In fact, if you know anything, and I don't want to bore you with the history of NASA, but he worked on the Apollo missions Those are the missions that took us to the moon. And he was there after the Apollo missions and helped build the space shuttle launch platforms. So very smart guy. And so I sit down and his name was Lee. And I said, I introduced myself. I said, hey, my name's Joel. What's your name? He said, Lee. And and I said, you want to receive the Holy Ghost? He said, yeah, I would love to receive the Holy Ghost today. And he said, I've been been seeking the Holy Ghost for many, many years. I got to be honest with you. Any preacher, well, I say any preacher, there's, there's, a, there's some that always have great faith. But some of us, it's an intimidating when someone tells you, I've been seeking the Holy Ghost for however many years. I remember one time in Malaysia, this lady told me she'd been seeking the Holy Ghost for 30 years. Because here's what you have to do. When, you, when you're praying for someone to receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to tell them they can receive the Holy Ghost now. 
You've got to say, look, when we pray, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. You've got to have some faith to say that when they've been praying for the Holy Ghost for 10, 15 years. Because in your back of your mind, can I be honest? I'm just, it's just us today, okay? Can I be transparent? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if you, whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! I almost snapped right there. I didn't know preaching could be hazardous to your health. Can I be honest with you? Truthfully, sitting for 15 hours, my surgically repaired hip is not exactly in the greatest mobility. And I almost, boy, that would have, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. (laughs) Where where was I? No, you're telling, you're going to tell these, you're telling them, listen, you can receive the Holy Ghost right now. You, if you're going to receive the Holy Ghost today, today is, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what if he doesn't get the Holy Ghost? Then what are you going to say? Is that too transparent? And so I say to him, okay, we're going to pray right now and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. So we just went at it. Ten minutes later, he didn't receive the Holy Ghost. So, got to talking to him and prayed again. And he started praying. Lord, give me your Holy, give me the Holy Ghost today. I want the Holy Ghost today. Give me the Holy Ghost. And I finally stopped and I said, if you ask one more time for the Holy Ghost, you and me are going to have to have a talk. And this is a, no more asking. You've asked for however many years. God knows. I said, just receive it. And he said this, he goes, I'm waiting for God to put put the words on my head and I'm just going to repeat it. I said, well, you and I are going to be waiting for a long time. Because it doesn't happen that way. And I said, when you pray in the spirit, your mind is at rest. So if he has to put the words in your mind, how can your mind be at rest? And you could see all over him, just just this agony of effort. That's the best way I can put it. He was agonizing over the effort of trying to get the Holy Ghost. And the more he tried, the harder it got. And the harder it got, the more frustrating it got. And the more frustrating it got, that his faith just went rung by rung. By wrong. Let me teach for a second, if you would let me this morning. Never let somebody, when you're praying for the Holy Ghost, just pray and pray and pray. Stop them. Talk to them. Coach them. Teach them. Because the longer they pray, their faith meter goes. And their faith meter goes like that. Your faith meter goes. It's okay to stop somebody when you're praying for them to receive the Holy Ghost. It's okay to stop them and talk to them. 
Don't be intimidated to do that because, well, if I stop them praying, then the spirit of God's going to move. No, you're not the baptizer. He's the baptizer. You can't fill them. He can only fill them. He wants them to receive it more than you want them to receive it. Stop them and don't let them continue to pray. And so we prayed for another few moments. And he's, again, he's like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm a, and I said to this, I said, I was five years old when I received the Holy Ghost. And I gave him some testimonies of the boy in Malaysia that was, that was handicapped, uh, that received the Holy Ghost. And, I, and, and about uh, several others, the, the deaf that have received the Holy Ghost that I've prayed for and all these different scenarios and I made this statement I said you've made this way too hard you've made this way too hard he was so afraid of getting the wrong thing he couldn't get the right thing he was so afraid, Brother Jolin. He said it. I don't want to. I, I don't want to just say something and it'd be the wrong thing. And so, because of that, he couldn't get the right thing because he was afraid of the wrong thing. And he had so overcomplicated in his mind all of this that made it into something that was impossible to get. And he is just agonizing and his wife sitting next to him and she's bawling her eyes out and she's agonizing and he's agonizing and obviously everybody knew him and knew he was a chronic seeker because the longer we prayed the more people crowded around and were watching and everybody's watching and I'm he's making it harder because he I believe he wanted to receive it so they would be happy and it was just all of these were just working together and I said Lee you're making this too hard I said all I want you to do is just worship God don't ask don't say anything just worship just say hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah just make it simple and I said when you begin to do that I want you just to let the sound come out of you so we begin to pray again and I give you another little nugget when you're praying for somebody, if they start repeating the same English word over and over again, that is them suppressing the Holy Ghost. Because if they start going, hallelujah, 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 that's the Holy Ghost, but they're trying to force English out. Because he would, literally, he was going, Jesus, 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 I said, Lee! Stop making it into a word. Just let what sound is coming out come out without you forcing it into a word. Folks, if we're going to have revival like we're believing, some of you have never prayed anybody through, you're going to have to pray somebody through. This is not the intent of today. We're going somewhere, but just throwing these little nuggets out there to help somebody because I believe it's the will of God. Everybody in here that's filled with the Holy Ghost, pray someone through to the Holy Ghost, right? So he starts going, stop. And finally say, that sound that you're hearing, that you're repeating, stop making it into a word. Finally, after about 20 minutes praying, finally, the Holy Ghost came. He let it go. He received the Holy Ghost. 
And I mean, it was, it was awesome to see. People were crying. People were rejoicing. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. His son has been going through cancer and uh, uh, wasn't there because he had just finished a round of chemo. And they were taking video of his dad receiving the Holy Ghost to show him. It was awesome. But I made all that to say the fact that the bottom line to the struggle that he was having was he was making it way too hard. And you know what? Today, I'm determined we have made this all way too hard. We have overcalculated it. We have overanalyzed it. We have made it into something that's unachievable, unattainable. And we have made it so hard that now we have reserved ourselves to simply coming to church, going through the motions, because all this living for God stuff is way too hard, and I'll never be able to do it, so I'm just going to reserve the fact that I'm going to try to make it to Sunday morning as much as I can, and hopefully somewhere along the line I do enough good to outweigh my bad, so in the end I'll be saved. Because living for God, God is hard. Living for God is stressful. Living for God. I mean, righteousness, peace, and joy. What? I mean, he'll give you life and life more abundantly. What? I, 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 where is that? I'd like to sign up for that. Because this living for God stuff is so hard. Because we've made it hard. Because you know what? Religion is hard. Religion is difficult. Religion is about knowing all that I need to know so I can do all that I need to do so I can make it because I've got to figure all this out and I've got to calculate it and I've got to agonize over what I can and can't do and all of this stuff is so hard. Who would ever want to live for God? I mean, can I be honest? I don't want to witness. Hey, We've been saved and now we're stuck. But if I was you, I don't know. It's not about, hey, have an encounter with Jesus. It will change your life. How do you know Jesus? Do you know? Do you know? No, it's like, well, come to my church. Come to church. It's... Look, you, if you get saved, good luck to you. Because if I could unsave myself, start over again. Is that really, really, really the intent that Jesus Christ had hanging on that cross? I've used this illustration. I don't know why I've been stuck on it now for a couple weeks and I don't know why, but I'm using it again. I've never, one time, in all the weddings I've been to, I've never watched a bride walk 
down the aisle, wringing her hands in agony, going, oh, marriage, oh, God, marriage is so hard. Oh, it's going to be so hard. Oh, marriage, I don't know if I... No bride does that. Because let's be honest, if you're standing there as a groom and you're watching the bride agonize... Is there, what is that, how to go? I can't remember, I've done a wedding in a while. Is there anyone here that would have any calls that these two should not be wed? Yeah, me! Or if you're, a, if you're the bride and you're walking down there and you're looking at your prince and you're just, oh God, I can't wait. In just a few moments, he's going to be mine and I'm going to be his and it's all just going to be wonderful and he's over there going, oh my God, oh, oh. Oh, take your bride by the hand. Do I have to? Oh, oh, this is so hard. Okay, repeat after me. Do you take you? Oh, I I don't know if I, it's so, that would not work. They say if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't know. Is that true? You missed that joke. (laughs) Boy, you guys are slow this morning. They say if you love what you do, you'll never miss a day. You'll never work a day in your life. You know why most of us agonize over what living for God? It's because it's what we do. It's not who we are. Living for God is what we do. It's not who we are. And you know why? All I've got to do is sit down for five minutes with you and talk to you and I'll find out quickly, this is what you do. It's not who you are. Because when you walk out those doors or any other doors where we meet, you walk out, you leave all of this here. This is my church life, but that is my life. And we've separated it and we've made this so hard. And we've made it so complicated. And we've made it so agonizing. And it's so difficult. Living for God is so hard. It's so difficult. And he said, except you become as a little child. Why? Because he knew us adults would overcomplicate this thing to the 10th degree. Because you know what Lee told me? I said, Lee, I've received the Holy Ghost. When I was five, he said, you know what? So do my grandkids. He said, they've all received the Holy Ghost when they were young. He said, a couple that were five, a couple that were six and seven. And he said, you know what? When they received it, it just made me want to get it even more. Well, you know what that meant? In Lee's vocabulary, the more they got it, the harder he tried. And you know what's crazy about God? The harder we try, the more he works against us. The harder we try, the more he works against us. Because we are trying, trying to live for God. He never asked you to try. Show me scripture for trying to live for God. 
Brother Lamone, are you trying to be married to your wife? Oh, boy. This could be good. Hold on a second. Let me do some marriage counseling. So, uh, uh, how are you today? <laughs> I don't know why I always pick on you. Maybe you're going to move seats eventually. Sister Lamar, are you trying to be married to your husband? No. How long have you guys been together? 31 years. In our world today, that does deserve a hand clap. But there's no trying in it, is there? It's relationship. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of this, folks, I don't know It's just been stuck in me the last couple of weeks. And forgive me for repeating it. I know most of you in this room have been around for a long time. You've sat under Bishop Wright and you've heard this preach. Forgive me for preaching again today. But this boils down to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And a relationship isn't hard. Is there work involved? Of course. Are the things in a relationship, you know, when you get married, it's all about trying to change the other person. Eventually you figure out that doesn't work. So you eventually figure out you need to change. And the moment you start to change, boy, marriage gets amazing, quick. Bottom line in all this, folks, this boils down to one simple concept, and that is, Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Sad thing is, more of us have a relationship with this church than we do with the one who said, I'll build the church. It's no more complicated than that, Brother Bickley. It's no more complicated than the simple fact that this is simply about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can preach about things, we can talk about things, we can share things, but bottom line, a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's what it's all about. Having a relationship with Him Spending time with him. Talking with him. Because you know what? We say, pray. You know what most of us? Prayer is agonizing. We need to pray. Every week, every day this week, I want you to pray. All of a sudden, cold sweat. Shaking. Oh, I pray. I got to pray every day this week? You know how hard that is? Man. I got to pray? All right. All right, Monday morning, here I go. I'm going to pray. All right, I'm going to pray today for one hour. Somewhere in the Bible it says pray one hour. I know it's in there. If I can pray one hour, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's got at least 10 minutes. 30 seconds. I've got to do this. For another 59 minutes? Are you serious? Whew. All right, I'm going to try a little harder this time. 
And then you start trying to, I mean, you're just thinking of everything. You're saying the Lord's Prayer, forwards and backwards. You're quoting Psalms 23. Then you know what we do? You start reading your Bible. Well, I can't pray, so I'm going to read my Bible. You take out your Bible. You ever notice, can I be honest? This is hilarious. Next time we have an all-night prayer meeting, watch how many Bible readers show up. Serious. All of a sudden, everybody at all-night prayer meeting becomes an avid Bible reader. Because prayer is hard. Hard. It's difficult. I mean, to pray for an hour? Do you know how hard that is? I mean, an hour goes by so slowly. But I remember, I remember, when my wife and I were dating, We'd just sit on the phone. You still there? Yeah. Okay. We'd just sit there. You still there? Yeah. We're not talking about everything. We're not talking about nothing. Hold on a second. Let me get something to drink. You still there? Yeah. Our entire 30 minutes of conversation, we'd say 10 words. But we were spending time connecting. We were spending time fellowshipping with one another. It wasn't, oh, how are you doing today? How's your day going? Are you okay? Uh, what, what are you doing right now? Go oh, good. Uh, uh, 30 seconds. I got to talk with her for another 30 minutes. And then it's like, you know, we've all, come on, anybody that's dated, you've been there. You hang up. No, you hang up. Well, you hang up first. Let's hang up together. Ready? One, two, three. You still there? You didn't hang up. (laughs) You've been there. Right? Because spending time with someone you love isn't difficult. Most of you in here know my brother. Very chatty fellow. Loves to talk. It's a joke because he doesn't talk. It spooks my wife out. And most people out. We literally drove from here to New York City four hours in traffic. And I kid you not, we did not say one word to each other. Literally. But you know what? We didn't get out of the car and slam the door. Say, you didn't talk to me. Well, you didn't talk to me. Well, you never asked me how you were doing. Well, I never. You know what? We were spending time together. It's not, Brother, Brother Lamone, is it agonizing? I'm just picking on you. Yeah. yeah. Is it agonizing to talk to her? Is it effort? Yes. <laughs> Boy, 31 years has taught you wisdom. Is it agonizing? No, 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 no. Does this dress look good? Yes. Do you like my yes? You learn, boy. The, fa- the more you get married, the faster you answer. 
there's no breathing. There's no looking around. There's no hesitation. You answer the moment the question's asked. Is that agonizing, right? It's not agonizing because you know what? Relationship building isn't hard because it's about communication. Sometimes it's just about being in the same room together, spending time together without there having to be any effort. You know what the Bible calls that? Prayer. You know what sometimes prayer is? Sitting there. In the presence of God, with your eyes closed, just in that moment of being with Him. Maybe every once in a while you say, Lord, I just love you. Just wanted to say today, Lord, I love you. There's no effort in that. It's not hard. Driving down the road in the car and just out of the clear blue. I just want to thank you for today. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Do you know how hard that is? From a religious ideology to pray without ceasing? My knees cannot handle that. Because you know what? Prayer has to be this. Where, I don't know, where did this come from? I mean, I'm not being silly. I've, I've always wanted to look it up, never. I don't know where this became the posture of prayer. Because you know what? If I walked up to my wife today and I said, Hello, honey, how are you doing today? She would say, What are you doing? I wonder sometimes if God looks down and goes, what are you doing? I'm right here. Why are you talking to me like you're reading a dictionary? Why are you talking to me with so much effort? I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Why are you why are you so much effort? Just talk. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You have a good week? Good week. My week was good, but yesterday was rough. It was rough. It's a long time in the car. Was that hard? I know this is simple. I know some of you are trying to wake you up. It's too simple for you. Was that hard? No. It was simply a conversation. We've made this way too hard, folks. We've made this into some complicated religious rhetoric that only the elite and Bishop Wright can do. I've been with him. I've driven down the road with him. I've watched him driving down the road and just out of nowhere, he just says, thank you, Jesus. I've, I've, I know a man and I'm not there yet. One day, hopefully I'll be there. There's a man, 
that, that uh, he, he's a pastor in Texas. He has got such an amazing relationship with God that literally he'll get in his car to go get something to eat and he'll say to the Lord, okay, Jesus, where would you like to go get some food right now? And he will not move his car until he, fe- he, he, he feels where to go. I tried that. I almost died of starvation. <laughs> Come on. Where you, uh, tell me. I'm not there yet. But literally. And he said one day he got in the car. And he tells this story. He gets in the car and he says, okay, Jesus, where would you like to go to eat today? And he said something about the local buffet or something. And he said, well, Lord, I don't really want to go there today. I went there yesterday. The Lord said, I, I want to go there again today. And he said, well, Lord, I, I just had this, that food yesterday, and I'd like to go over here to this place. And the Lord said, no, you go there today. He said, okay, we'll go there. He said, he goes. And he walks into the restaurant. And he says, okay, Lord, where are we, where, where, where are we going to sit today? The Lord says, sit over here. And he said, Lord, I want to sit over there. That's in the sun. It's in the. It's hot over there. It's, I like over there. Usually, when I come here, Lord, we, well, we sit over there. And he said, Lord, no, you sit over there. So he said, we sit over there. And he's sitting down there. And next thing you know, the waitress comes up and said, the Lord spoke to him and said, just ask her how she, she's doing. And she comes over. She stands at the table, and he looks up to her, and he's very. He's a very gentle man. He looked over and said, ma'am, I just want to ask you, how are you doing today? All of a sudden, tears begin to well up in her eyes, begin to flow. She said, she began to just pour out all the things she'd been going through, all this. And he right there in that restaurant ministered to her. You know what? I'm determined. The devil has lied to us and told us that people don't want what we have. That's a lie. There are hungry people out there by the thousands. But you know what? They don't want religion. I, I was, my wife and I were talking. I am amazed because can I be honest with you? And it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And I rec- we recognize it's a spirit. But I've let the devil intimidate me sometimes and say, well, nobody wants what we have. Nobody wants to just, you know, Get more lights, get better music, get smoke and mirrors, make it, make it enticing because they don't want what you have. That's a lie. They want it, but they want the real thing. There's enough churches out there giving imitations. They want an encounter. There's enough out there with smoke and mirrors. People are looking for something. But if we don't have it, how can we show them how to get it? And literally, he has a relationship. And brother, you guys, Brother Shelton, he's been here many, many times. You know him. He was with this man one day. They went to the store, to the grocery store. And apparently in the grocery store up front where they were, they had a, had a kiosk. You could get some coffee. And Brother Jolin, he walked up and they got some coffee. And they're standing there and they went to dump out the cream. There was no cream. And he, Brother Shelton said, well, he said, he said, Brother Cole, he said, uh, uh, let me go buy some cream and we can use it for our coffee. And Brother Cole said, no, we're going to stay right here. He said, because the Lord knows we need cream. We're just going to give it a moment. The cream's going to come. 
Brother Shelton said, I wouldn't have believed it if I'd have seen it. Within a, just a few moments, the manager comes out of the back of the store carrying cream, walks straight up to Brother Cole and says, Sir, you need this, don't you? And hands him the cream. And you know what, Ray? I got to be honest with you. That seems way crazy, like unachievable. But you know what? Now, I'm picking on you guys again, right? That's okay. You still love me? Okay. After 31 years of relationship, you know what she likes. She, you know what he likes. When you go to the ice cream place, you don't have to ask him what he likes. More than likely, he'll get the same thing. You don't have to ask him how he likes his coffee. You don't have to ask her how she likes. You already know. Why? Because of relationship. The Bible says our Heavenly Father knows what we need. In the beginning of relationship, 31 years ago when you're dating, when you went somewhere, you'd have to tell her, well, you know, here's what I like. This is what I like. Here's how I like my coffee. Here's like what ice cream I like. Here's what this, what that. As you're learning. But after a while, you learn to the point that your relationship grows that you don't even have to ask her. She already knows. You don't have to ask him. He knows. Why? Because it built a relationship. That's what this is supposed to be about, folks. It's not supposed to be any more complicated than that. It's about getting a relationship with Jesus Christ so that he knows everything you need before you even ask. And instead of stressing about what you need when you need it, simply he knows it. He says, does the bird worry about his nest? Do other animals worry about where they're going to lay down at night? No. And God is offering each one of us in this room an opportunity to have a relationship with him. Jolene, you can come. Each one of us. I'm afraid some of us who had a relationship at one time has slipped into the habits of religion again. I believe, I believe with all my heart that we are destined for greatness at this congregation. Can I be honest with you? I didn't sign up for average and I did not sign up for mediocrity. And I didn't sign up to come over here to get an extra day, extra service to preach in. Is that too open? I came here because I believe that we're going to have great revival. I didn't come over here, Brother Whittington, to have good church. We could have stayed back in Arnold and had church. We came over here because there are people that need Jesus and God has chosen us us to be the ones that bring them here but if we don't know them 
how can we lead others to know Him? If we don't find Him, how can we lead others to find Him? The great evangelist John Edwards, who saw masses of revival, they ask him what the key to his revivals were. And he made this statement, and it's one of the most powerful answers I've ever heard someone give. He said simply this. He said, I pray until I'm set on fire and people come to watch me burn. I pray until I'm set on fire and people come to watch me burn. He didn't say I preach. I come to church. He said, I pray until I'm set on fire and people come to watch me burn. If we would fall in love with Jesus all over again in this place, we would not be able to keep the people from out of those doors. If you would fall in love with Jesus, if you would fall in love with Him, we would have to go to two services on Sunday morning because of the people. I believe that. I believe that. Because what did they say to the disciples? These are ignorant and unlearned men. But we recognize one thing. They have been with Jesus. But you know what? We've made being with Jesus so hard. Which we made being with Jesus so difficult, so stressful. Prayer, hard. Living for God, hard. I don't know if I can do that. But if we would fall in love with Jesus, have a relationship with Him, we will see greatness in this congregation because you know what if we fall in love with him all over again and he flows through us there are people by the thousands in this area that will be drawn because they're looking for something to fill their empty heart would you stand with me today I challenge someone today that you've made this too complicated. I challenge you today. Simplify it. Just make it about you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus. You and Him. Fall in love with Him. Just a relationship with Him. Can you just take a moment right here as we close? Close your eyes. You don't have to lift your hands. You can if you want to just you and him and just say Lord I want to know you like never before I want to find you like never before can you tell him that in your own words with Jesus oh, oh is the best thing I've ever ever done Oh, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus.
falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever oh if you're not praying sing it with me falling in love with Jesus oh falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done oh in his arms I feel protected in his arms never disconnected it is ours oh I feel protected there's no place I'd rather be oh see it is ours I feel protected it is ours never disconnected in his arms feel protected there's no place I'd rather be oh say it one more time say falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus oh, oh falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done it's the best thing I've ever done oh it's the best thing I've ever we're done. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of religion that wars against the hearts and minds of the people. Of I bind it in Jesus' name. I curse every form of religion, spirit of religion that blinds our eyes. And I loosen this place a fresh baptism of hunger. Loosen this place a fra- fresh, fresh baptism of relationship. Lord, set us on fire afresh and anew with relationship. Let us break free from the chains and shackles of religion and let us grasp hold to the freedom that is found in a relationship with you. Lord, forgive us for allowing ourselves to get into the habits of religion and forget the fact of why we do what we do and who you've made us to be. I pray these things and speak these things in Jesus' name. Praise God. Why don't you take a moment before you leave and shake somebody's hand and greet them. Please come back and be with us again tonight, 6 p.m. Praise God. Amen. God bless you.